This episode of the Quest for Quality podcast is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. To receive a special discount code for 15% off of your first order, email tim at inboundpodcasting.com. Welcome to the Quest for Quality podcast with keynote speaker, Joe Higgins. In terms of Quest for Quality, this is really about living a quality life, having a quality career. If you always aim for quality in your life, you will almost always find success at some point in the longer term. For decades, Joe has shared his quest for quality message with thousands of business professionals across the country. Some of you may know our keynote speaker. I would tell you he's a legend in the industry and it's great to see him back with us. I've had the privilege and honor introducing some very famous speakers to you. They were all great speakers and showed you how a winning attitude brings success. But our next speaker is even better. Joe Higgins has walked in our shoes. Joe's the only speaker in our history that we've invited to talk to us two years in a row. The Quest for Quality podcast presents a universal message under the umbrella of four areas of Joe's unprecedented experience and expertise. Leadership. Building healthy teams. Customer service. Understanding the American economy. I'm trying to let people get that message that it's taken me you know, 40 years to learn. I've had a lot of experience, have gone through major levels of, of an organization, have trained and worked with and supervised thousands of people over my career and created leaders at, at the Whirlpool Corporation today that are running the company. So hopefully what I bring here in this thing is allowing people to live a better life and a better quality of life. Joe, we spent the last couple of weeks discussing uh, the various characteristics and principles of being a leader uh, within an organization and companies. But, you know, a lot of the principles that you've shared over the last few weeks applies uh, all the way down to the family level as well, too. Sitting here as a husband and a father, I'm listening to you speak uh, and, and not just enjoying your information as a business owner, but also as a leader of my family, too. So hopefully our audience is, is gathering the same information and enjoying it the same way I am. Well, well Tim, let me, let me just respond to that, because I, I think it's really true that uh, whether you're uh, the leader of your family or one of the leaders, because typically, you That's know, right. we have the both the man or the woman today being the leader, mm-hmm. uh, that that job is the same as being a leader that runs a Fortune 150 organization, that you have the same important responsibilities of, of uh, you know, integrity and uh, values and demonstrating uh, through example and all the things that we talk about when we talk about leadership with an individual, the same applies as when you go home. And I always tell people the greatest part about having intense learning in an organization is being able to take what you learn, let's say, uh, at, at an organization where they bring in speakers and they bring in educational uh, seminars and things like that. It's taking that same information and applying it at home. And that's what makes you and helps you understand what it's like to be a great husband or a great father. Mm-hmm. So that's really an important part of it. And, I, and I, I'm glad you picked up on that. Oh, certainly. From every conversation we've ever had, both on the air and off the air, uh, that's something that, that I yeah. get to learn from you. And here I am almost 50 years old. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I certainly appreciate uh, you sharing your heart and your wisdom after yeah. all these years with GE and Whirlpool, and now that you're retired, uh, spreading your wisdom throughout the country to various organizations uh, as a speaker and a keynote speaker. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about building a team and being a part of a team. You know, we, we mentioned a moment ago as a husband or a wife running that team at home or maybe within an organization or, or a company, whether you're a leader or somebody coming up through the ranks, how does uh, leadership apply to being a member of a team? 
this is always an interesting one because a lot of times when people come up in an organization, uh, they think that it's all about them, all about that in one individual. And what, what do I do? You know, what, what impact do I have? And I tell, again, uh, in seminars and stuff, I tell people, it's not about you as an individual. It's about you and making your team better. And how do you do that? And, and I always go back to my example of uh, basketball. Uh, Magic Johnson was not considered to be the greatest basketball player that ever lived. You know, he, he didn't have the best jump shot and uh, he wasn't the best, uh, you know, rebounder. But Magic Johnson had a way of making teams better. Everybody that ever played with him said that I was better because of Magic. And when you look at an organization, and, and again, the size of Whirlpool, what I was always looking for was somebody that said, it's not about me. It's not about me being selfish. It's about me making everybody else around me uh, raise their game and be better at what they do. Uh, I learned, I kind of learned this, I think, years ago watching the, the, you remember the dream team when they played in the Olympics? You know, there was a lot of controversy about whether or not they, they should be able to play. There were people on one side that said, oh, no, pros should not be allowed in the Olympics. It should be an amateur sport. Another said, oh, absolutely, we should let our best play. Uh, you may remember that they were blowing teams out by 40 and 50 points and things like that. And uh, people were saying, you know what, this is not a good thing, but let's go and ask the coaches and see what they say. And the coaches said, the, the coaches of the opposing team, so they were blown out by 60 points. What did they say? And when they asked them, the coaches said, well, absolutely, they should be able to play. Absolutely, they should be there. How do we know what the gap is between a great team and where we are? And only until we rise to that level can we ever compete with the Americans. And eventually, as we all know, I think it was in 2004 Olympics when Argentina won the gold medal and beat the Americans in the semifinal game. Uh, they had learned at that point the, the, the same things that Magic Johnson taught. It was about a team, no matter how great you are as an individual, uh, because in 2004, there were some great basketball players in that team, but Argentina won because they, they had a team that came together the way Magic created teams in the same way he created with the Dream Team. Magic made that team better with Larry Bird and, and Michael Jordan. And that's what I tell audiences today is that it's about you going out and finding a way to look at each individual in your organization, making sure that you have some diversity in that organization. You have a team that works together, that gels together, and they can be world-class. They can be world-class if they're given that opportunity to grow and change. And you're the one that's the catalyst for that. You're the one that creates that within that team. Um, that's kind of where, where I think teams should be going. And I think that's where the success comes in the longer term. Uh, what are some of the things that, that people can do within a team, that team dynamic to help each other pull together and bring out their best? Think about when you were in college and uh, there are things that you do in college, for example, that uh, if, you're in a, if you're in a group, you may have knowledge about, uh, let's say finance, but you may need somebody that has knowledge about marketing. So you go out of your way to learn marketing, to understand marketing, to bring that to the team. And therefore, you make the whole team better. When I first started my career with General Electric, they wanted me to be on the audit staff because, of, because my, one of my degrees was in finance. They wanted me to be on the audit staff. Well, that was great. And I brought a lot to the audit staff because I understood a lot of other stuff. I wasn't really an auditor. But when they found out that I could talk, they said, well, you don't need to be in you know, finance. You need to be in sales. And so they moved me quickly to sales. Uh, what I brought to each of those two disciplines really raised the game for everybody else because I had outside knowledge that I brought to make the team better. And I've noticed that when kids would come up, uh, if we had somebody that had, let's say, for example, uh, a degree in art, and we've hired kids with those kinds of degrees, mm -hmm. they bring a, a unique perspective to the job that they have. And so having an organization where you have some needs for creativity, having somebody that's an artist in that team will make that team better. And an individual on the team that understands finance will help the person who's in art be better at finance. 
creating teams like that and being on a team like that, bringing those dis- different disciplines every single day to your job, that really helps to make you different and makes teams grow and uh, become more successful. So as you build the team, put people in the area where they can thrive, but also have the open mind to say, you may be the specialist in this area, but I also see some hope for you to excel in a different area. That must be challenging for some leaders to, again, step outside that box and, and challenge some of their team members to do something that's not uh, natural to them. Well, it is, and it also is challenging for you as an individual because you have to sometimes put somebody in a job that may not look like a fit. And it's shocking sometimes what someone, somebody outside the discipline that you're normally used to can do. I mean, we had we would normally hire, uh, you know, like really good salespeople or people that had had a skill for managing things like that. Uh, I took some, one time I took an individual out of um, a very comfortable job she had in distribution and put her into a role as a sales leader. A lot of people challenged me on that and said that it wouldn't work, but she brought so much to the other 10 individuals that led, led North America for me. She brought so much to that team that people would call her and ask her all the time about distribution you know, how do the trucks run? Uh, what happens when you can't get merchandise? Who do you call? She brought a lot to that team. And then she learned from them. And at the end of, uh, end of, end of her career, she was not only great, great in terms of distribution, understanding that whole part of Whirlpool, but she was also a great salesperson as well. So that's where you combine disciplines. People challenge you sometimes and say, that's not going to work, but you try it anyway. It makes a team better. So as a leader, and it comes time, you think, as you're looking at your team as a whole and you have to reassign somebody into a different discipline and you get some pushback from that person, how would you handle something like that? Um, I imagine it's not always across the board. You just check this box and this box and this box and it all works out very well. I'm sure there are times where it doesn't. But but have you ever had a pushback from somebody that says, no, I don't want to be reassigned. This is what I want to do because I'm good at it and I like it. We have. And it's really a matter of kind of convincing them that you do that. We've taken people. I remember we had this one guy who was in finance and we moved him into a sales role. You know, he didn't. He was never really comfortable in that role and he didn't really excel in that role. But later on, we went back to finance. It made him so much better on that side of it. So you, you can convince people sometimes to understand that cross-pollinization where you learn different jobs and different disciplines, that if you really want to stay in one area of an organization, let's say you want to stay in marketing, that's your dream and that's your desire. By getting all the other looks in an organization and, and, and having uh, that information, it'll make you better in no matter what you do. And same way in life. I mean, the more you learn about, uh, as, as you said in your case, where you learn about uh, you know, what it's like to be in theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a great thing that is for a child to learn. You learned that, your, your son learned that, and as a result, you're all better and better as a family. And it's the same way in business. And sharing some of those positive stories, if you do get some pushback from an employee or somebody on your team when you mm-hmm. go to reassign them, you can say, we've been down this road before and we've seen some success in the past through the cross-pollinization. Does that help just by giving some examples? Well, yeah, not only that, but we tell the young people when they come in, when we hire them, that we say, let us guide your career. Don't try to make a career yourself. Let us put you where we want to put you as we guide you through a career. So eventually you'll end up in a position of leadership. And most of them go along with that. Uh, we always have kids that maybe don't want to do something because of this cold comfort zone thing. They don't understand the difference it can make in their lives. But when you go from one part to another, when I went from being on the audit staff at GE to being a sales guy, it totally changed my life and opened me up in, in uh, really phenomenal ways over the course of my life. Nudging yourself outside your comfort zone can certainly yield some valuable returns in one's own quest for quality. 
In our next episode with Joe, we'll wrap up our series on leadership and button it up by exploring how empathy can become one of your most powerful tools as you become and develop leaders within your organization. We sure would appreciate it if you would subscribe to the Quest for Quality podcast. There's nothing to it. Just click the subscribe button and you're sure not to miss a single episode. And if you'd like to meet Joe and possibly bring him out to speak to your organization or at an upcoming event or convention, Joe speaks all over the country on a variety of topics. All you have to do is check Joe's availability by visiting www.q4qwithjoe.com. That's the letter Q, the number four, the letter Q, withjoe.com. Hit the Request Joe button. Fill out the form, and of course, we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can. Thanks again for listening in. We'll catch you next time for another edition of the Quest for Quality with Joe podcast.